Hey guys, we're back again. It's been, uh, I wouldn't say it's been a while, but I haven't done a solo episode for at least a month now, and I, I'm just in a really good headspace now where I feel like I've, I've got some conversations and topics that I can go over that you guys might find relatable or we might be able to gain something out of it. So I'm back again. <laughs> no interviewee today, just me, just my face. And uh, yeah, we'll be going over some topics that I think will be relatable to you guys. So welcome, welcome. It is season three, episode 25 of Couch in the Mind, Clearing the Mind One Couch Tour at a Time. All right, so on this topic, the episode name I'm going to be calling it is Relatable Thinking. And I think the way in which I'm going to portray these and talk about these certain topics will be in a way in which you guys can relate. So a lot of the things I'm going to be talking about, I know that the high percentage of people listening will go, yep, I know what you're talking about. I can put, I can put my hand up and, and say that in some way, shape, or form. I've experienced that myself. And that's what it's all about. You know, talking about certain things that you're not particularly comfortable talking about, but finding that, finding that safe space to be able to have these conversations. So the starting point I'd probably get to talk about is, is just being happy doing what you do on a regular basis. I guess the best way to, to explain this is, and I know everyone hates Mondays. I mean, you're not human if if you don't wake up on a Monday morning at some point and go, yeah, look, here we go, here we go again. The starting, the start of the uh, the ever the everlasting cycle of getting up in the morning, you know, having breakfast, getting ready for work, and then slugging through the day. Here we go again, <laughs> because everyone just loves weekends, even if we don't actually have anything planned and we just slouch around, watch Netflix. We much prefer doing something like that as opposed to getting ready for the day, let's go, all that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, no. But I'm, I'm going to talk about trying to change that mindset and thinking. You really want to enjoy doing what you do. And, and for some people, it comes down to what values you set for yourself. And when I say that, I mean if you're driven by money or if you're driven by uh, work-life balance or if you're just driven by having time with your family, friends, or even just traveling and getting that that uh, cultural perspective of how other people live in the world that we live in. You've just got to figure out what values are, I guess, on the hierarchy as opposed to the other ones that you don't particularly really care about. And I think it might even be important just to actually write these down and, and actually figure that out for yourself. But for me, like I don't particularly value money highly. So for me, I want to work somewhere where I'm driven by being able to help people and by helping people, it's in the way of mental health or, you know, having conversations where it may, may not necessarily change the situation that they're going through, but it might just help them, allowing them to vent. In correlation with this, because you, you might be, you might be thinking, where is this heading? Do you actually work in this field? Well, not necessarily. I'm not a social worker. You know, I'm the first person to say I'm not a social worker. I'm not qualified. Love to get into that field, and that's where I'm working toward. That's that's actually one of the goals that I've set for myself this year. But right now, most recently, I actually got trained in the uh, homeless service, uh, working the uh, the government call center, and it's really exposed me to to the struggles that people are experiencing. And as again, my values by is, is helping people and getting the reward factor of thank you so much. Just the fact that you listen to me 
you might not necessarily be able to find a uh, alternative result or a, a quick result, but the fact that you're just listening to me is making such a world of difference for me, myself, personally. I've, I've picked up on these things. You get regular callers. Um, even most recently, you get a few callers that have been affected by the floods that have never, never, ever called the homeless hotline before. So very nervous, a little bit embarrassed as well. Embarrassed the fact that they've got to this state where they actually have to call up for help to try and find somewhere to to seek refuge whilst they figure out how to overcome the situation. But needless to say, you get someone calling up, they're going, here's my situation, I don't know what to do, and you're there to try and help them. Now, people get caught up with the whole, oh God, like, what if there actually isn't services or shelters available? But you set the expectation to start off with and be like, this is what I can do. This is how I can help. And by doing that, you then start to build rapport with them. And and you just come back down to their level. So if someone's quite emotional, you bring your level down to where they are. You talk to them slow. You tell them, it's okay. Take a deep breath. Walk through them. Take a deep breath. You can I can put you on hold if you need to, to do that. And then you keep chatting to them. And my values start to come out. Because what I want to do is I want them to vent to me. If I can't help, let's vent. Let's get it off your chest. At least you're doing that. And then you'll. And then in the meantime, you can wait for a potential service to get into contact with you. I could go on and on and on and on about this. <laughs> but this episode is not about me and my workplace. But as an example, that's what I've used and that's how I've utilized in, in my, my values. And that's why I like what I do right now. So I think you got to, it's really important to, to love what you do. No matter how crap the money is, how good the money is, as long as you're waking up and being like, I love it, I love it, I love it, that is, that's a pro, a pro. The pro, that pro will always outweigh all the cons. You're not going to wake up every day feeling like that. We're always going to have crap days. But if the good days outweigh the bad, outweigh the bad days, then that's all you can ask for. They can all, well, that's all you can ask for. I think a massive issue as well that we all struggle with is the fact that a lot of people judge people very harshly for their appearance, for what their interests are, whereas realistically they may not actually necessarily know them as a person, you know, as a, as a very close friend would. I don't know why we do it. It is definitely a humanistic trait of ours. I think it's because when we are trying to better ourselves, we want to try and put other people down so it makes us look like the golden child. It makes us look better and feel better. If you're someone who's just getting into fitness and you're losing the weight and you can see some progression and then you start pointing out to people that aren't particularly healthy or a much bigger size than yourself, it makes you feel better. You feel like the focal point has changed because when you're in the gym you're, and you're new, new and fresh to the gym and setting all these goals, you feel like everyone's watching you. And by changing the focal point and putting onto someone else, you feel more comfortable. You're creating that comfort zone, but you're being selfish in the process of doing that because you're now putting someone else down. Don't ever worry about other people's opinions on you. So long as you're not affecting anyone and you're going through your day to day sort of stuff, you're happy doing what you're doing and you're, you're seeing potential progression or you're just happy doing the standardized nine to five sort of job lifestyle that's fine. But as long as you're not putting anyone down, there's really no reason to, to be bothered by people's you know judgments upon yourself. 
you know, when I used to do a bit of coaching, because I used to do soccer coaching at school, and I was te- I was I was coaching year tens, <laughs> and I tell you what, year tens are very difficult to coach because they're going through the whole adolescent process where they're starting to be a bit of a smart ass, and it's all about me. Let's be cheeky. Let's muck around. Let's see how much I can get away until they are the coach yells at me. But I just remember when I actually managed to build rapport with them and they actually started listening to me, which wasn't easy to start off with, but through sheer patience, yeah, you start to learn. And I'm sure that's that's parenting to a T. I mean, <laughs> I don't think I've got any kids out there that I know of, that I know of, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I feel like that's parenting to a T. But yeah, these, these boys, I just remember, you know, I'd have a few conversations with them because I'd love to... I like to think that I can I can be a bit of a uh, role model for for up, you know young kids looking up to to the older boys wondering where they need to go and in and asking for some guidance in life. I say to them, yeah, put your hand up if if you feel like this is is quite accurate in that. Throughout school right now, you've got your academic boys, you've got the fellas that are really into sport, and you've got the guys that just don't particularly fit in or just float around in the middle. And, you know, you get 99.9% of the boys putting their hands up. And then it's funny when you pose this question to them and you say to them, well, do you realize that when you actually finish school that this doesn't matter? None of this matters. And you look at their faces and shoot shock because they just... Because, because when you're going through school, other than sport and focusing on an assignment, making sure you're ready for it or whatever it may be, one of your biggest worries in life is just fitting into society. You're fitting into what you're doing. Without that, it, it does create a lot of fear, anxiety, stress, worry, all that unnecessary stuff that you don't really need to go through. You know, and I say to them, I can guarantee you right now, hand on my heart, that none of this sort of stuff will matter. You know, whether whether or not you go to uni and you you start, you know, putting your time and effort into a degree that you see a potential job through this degree. Or you go do full-time work or have a gap year or uh, go to TAFE and study, become a sparky, whatever it may be. These groups don't matter. You'll find people with common interests will just click. So you might see a popular kid that you never were able to possibly chat to them at school. Their mindset will change. Their thought processing will change because they're, they're, uh, their main focus has changed outside of school. You know, Their main focus is probably to be on um, you know, getting career and all that sort of stuff. So you really start to mold with people that you have common interests with. And it's a perfect example for myself. I actually went for a hike on the weekend and I went on a hike with people that were in their 30s. And it's, it was actually quite funny because they, we, were, we were actually talking about um, their situation in rentals and, and how the rental market's pretty stuffed at the moment in Queensland and how crazy it is to try and find something that's quite economically reasonable. And then they ask me, oh, so what's your setup right now? And I say, I'm actually still living at home. And you see a couple of them just kind of, you know, nod their head going, oh, okay, well, fair enough, fair enough. You know, as long as they're not kicking you out. And then and I say back to them, yeah, I'm actually a lot younger than probably what you think. And <laughs> them thinking that I'm in my late 20s, they go, oh, really? And uh, yeah, I just tell them that I'm 23 and they just go, what the? So it's, it's like people don't really care like what age you are. 
But as long as you got some sort of common interest and you're going to treat them well, that's all that matters. And I hone on that. I hone down on that so much with kids coming out of school. It is so, so important that you find people that will that will bring you up and, and, and make you find the best version of yourself and, and continue to push for more. You know, that they're the sort of people that you want to surround yourself around. And you only need enough to, to fit in your hand. You know, you'll see other people that will pass and go, whether or not you go out, have a few drinks, and you see old mate that you haven't seen for for, for God knows how long uh, since you graduated from school, whatever it may be. You just need to make sure you've got at least a couple of mates that you know you can rely on. You know that you're not afraid to have those big and more in-depth conversations with regarding mental health, regarding I've had a bad day, regarding anything in general. You know they're not gonna you you know you're you're not gonna be judged and you know that you're gonna get the honest response from them and that's and that's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for. I was actually looking at and I know this is, this is a bit of a darker sort of topic. I just want to quickly touch base on this. Don't want to go full doomy and gloomy in today's episode, but I feel like it's so, so, so important to, to make mention of this. And I think everyone can relate to this. It's the fact that mental health is just increasingly getting worse and worse over time. The social media is growing and all these heightened expectations of young and upcoming kids going through school are presenting themselves. Suicide rates also going up high and higher and higher and higher. What do we need to do to prevent this from occurring anymore? I think personally, and I'm only just stating my uh, opinion and perspective, but I feel like personally it would be so good if as soon as kids go into school, they start having these conversations. It doesn't have to be anything really complex and full on, but just talking about little small things such as all right, buddy, all right, Ben, if you're having a bad day and you start crying, this is not an unusual emotion. And, and being in more aware and in touch of your emotions and being able to have these, being comfortable doing this. Because I remember when I was at school and when I used to cry, going through a boys' school, uh, you, would, you would run off in the corner, have a bit of a sob, wipe your eyes and quickly run back, making sure that you're on guard you know, knowing that someone might see you cry. And I was so afraid to show my emotions. Whereas if if an adult, an older head told me, hey, buddy, there's nothing wrong with showing these emotions. You know, everyone goes through it, you know. And people, if people put you down, it's probably most likely because they're experiencing a bit of emotional hardship themselves. Then I would probably be more inclined to be like, yep, yeah, I'm crying. And then, uh, and then if support comes and presents itself or if some... You know, if another boy comes over and say, hey, man, here you go, I'd probably be more more um, in touch with the idea of actually saying something about it. And I think it's so, 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 so important because over time, if you don't actually, you know, start creating these building blocks and then all of a sudden all these emotions hit you that you've never really felt before, you've never been able to control, that's when you start feeling anxious, you start feeling depressed, uh, your purpose in life is, is just at an all-time low. All these things happen and you start clowning yourself with this fear of judgment and you start overthinking things where you don't really need to do that. I think it's so important if you do that, we get to a stage where it starts to become worse and we're able to have more in-depth conversations with people around us. I'm not going to say it's going to cure the issue, but I feel like it's going to better it in, in being able to have these conversations. You know, I used to see a counsellor at school and I just remember because I was never... I mean, like, you know, your parents talk about it and that, that was never an issue. But 
myself, I was just never comfortable chatting about it. Yeah, it, that, that was just me. That was just me personally. And when I'd go and do these counseling sessions, because I was never at one in, in talking about these, and I never felt comfortable doing it, that when I started talking about potential symptoms that I would experience when I would be feeling shit or feeling just flustered, these these uh, symptoms would start to become to the forefront. And I'd come out of these counseling sessions feeling so bad, feeling anxious, feeling shortness of breath. Oh man, it was so bad. It's so bad. I think the worst thing was for me personally when I was going through uh, years 11 and 12, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, whether it be at school, whether you whether you still be, you might be going through it right now. I would look at things like when you back a team in a certain back for a certain team in a certain sport. I would start overthinking things, and I go, "Why am I even putting time into watching this game? Because realistically, they play 20 odd games. They win some, they lose some, they draw. They draw. They might make finals. They might get to the grand final. They might win. They raise a trophy. Woohoo! You win. And then the never and then and then the cycle cycle continues. So why am I wasting my time watching this? Where I'm actually not actually doing anything. I'm not achieving anything. I'm watching people, other people achieve. And it was something that I really struggled with for so long. And even the questions of why is the sky blue and why is the uh, the color blue named blue? And I'd start really digging deeper, like just trying to find something to hold on to and being like. What is this? Why is the world the way it is? And I, I think, you know, the bigger and better questions is, are things that shouldn't be delved into. And then you start wondering, like, what the uh, the whole meaning of life is, which is something you're never going to find. You know, there's all these conspiracy theorists that, that have A, B, and C ideas of, of what the world may be and how it may come to be and, and why we're here and what our purpose is. But in essence... As long as you're a good person and you do good to other people and you're achieving what you want to achieve, I think that's all, good. That's all you can ask for in life. Don't focus too much on, on the uh, the future. Don't focus too much on the bigger and better questions that we will never have answers for. Just focus on how you can better yourself and continue to do that and what tickers you to, you know, what's your purpose? What is your purpose? I'm actually reading this book at the moment. It's called Your Brain on Porn by Gary Wilson and it's so it just makes me feel so privileged to be able to read something like this because it's something that as guys and as women as well we do struggle with you know they go they talk about it was like in 20 he was talking about in 2013 they did a study on 13 year old boys and it actually stated that it was such a crazy high percentage it was like 65 percent of 13 year old boys have already been exposed to porn, which is just crazy numbers. It's so scary. I think it's such an unspoken subject. It's always swept under the rug and it just, I've never heard of anyone openly, expressively talking about it of my age demographic. So if I have to be the first person to do it, or one of the very few people to do it, then I'm more comfortable than to do it. I'm more than happy to share my experience with it all so that you can build relatability you know for guys and girls listening in porn just creates this false reality of how things are done and lay out and because of this false reality it then it just damages yourself it damages you as a person you start looking at things in a very bad and dirty dirty perspective like if you're someone who's just watching porn you know one or two times a day 
and there's a lot of people out there. You know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna say, I've, I've, I've been there. I've been there when I've been that depressed and flat. I was using porn as a, as a way of, of pleasure. You know, it was that, that, that quick and easy endorphin kick. But then you start visualizing things around you. You know, you start, and this sounds really creepy, but you do. If you're attracted to women as guys, you start looking at women, you start fantasizing, oh, could you imagine what I could do to such and such? And this sounds so creepy, but someone's got to say it. I'm being completely honest. And for girls as well, I could imagine to be the same sort of thing. And your sex urge just goes through the roof. And without sex, like it just, your level of depression just heightens. It, you, you don't know what to do with yourself. It's so bad. You've got such a bad urge. You, you, you can't help yourself, but just watch. And this goes to show for so many, so many quick fixes that give you that endorphin kick. You know, you live fast food, sugars, watching, you know, watching a movie, alcohol, soft drink. It all gives you that quick fix. It really does. I mean, if you look at the example of, you know, comparing, if you're someone who's trying to wean off sugar and, you know, you're comparing a, a Pepsi, a Pepsi Max to a kombucha, you're always going to wean toward the, the Pepsi Max because it's, it just gives you that, that fix. And you're so used to it that it's so hard to jump out of it and get out of it. Very much like smoking as well. Smoking is the exact same thing. Gives you that quick endorphin kick. You feel like you can't get rid of it, but it's always there. It's always lingering in the back of your mind. The nicotine, the nicotine urge is just itching in the back of your throat. You need it. You want it. Same thing with porn. Same thing as fast food. And how do you break this cycle? You know, I've heard a lot of people that go cold turkey, but I feel like that is just so extremely difficult. I feel like it is a matter of just taking those baby steps, setting goals for yourself to figure out a way of how can I minimize the amount of usage of porn or minimize the amount of fast food I'm having where I'm happy and content with what I'm doing, minimize the amount of soft drink I'm having in alcohol. You've got to set your own goals. You know, for me, it could be, I, I could be completely content with the idea of going from having fast food four times a week to then just going two times a week and in a couple months' time, cold turkey. Or it could be someone else where they're, they're able to go cold turkey straight away and it doesn't affect them because they make sure that their mind is busy 99.9% of the time where it's not even actually focusing and thinking about, oh, wouldn't it be so nice just to have a quick puff of a cigarette? keeping your mind busy. Even fitness itself is a really bad addiction. You know, you, you want to have that fine balance of being content with, with how you look, but you still want to get better. You still want further improvements, but not too much to the point where your mental health is deteriorating or you're becoming so heavily addicted to, I want more, I want more, I've got to go to the gym. Oh, it's 3 p.m. I've got to go to the gym, guys. I've got to go to the gym. And then things come up and you get really shitty because you've got... So much energy you have to burn, but you know, you've got to get it off your system. You don't want to get to that point where you're becoming that overly reliant. You know, I think so, so important just to just to be mindful of that. There's one other thing I just wanted to mention too, and I know, and I do apologize if if this is in relation to yourself, you can't relate to this at all. This is more or less in terms of being in a relationship, you know, you're having these never-ending thoughts of He's not good for me. She's not good for me. And, and, and yeah, you fall into that trap of I want to leave, but I can't. 
and then you start overthinking it that much that you just forgive them and stick with them because it's so much easier to do that. And that's a massive, massive, massive problem. You know, especially if you're in your first relationship, it's it's been going on for, for a couple of years now and you're just comfortable doing that and you don't know how to, you know, part separate ways. Like, what do you do? How do you do it? And, and how do you look after your own mental health whilst going through this process? I think the biggest thing you have to think about for yourself is if you're if you're sticking with someone purely just because you're afraid of, of how they're going to take it and you, you think they're going, it's going to become that emotionally taxing to them that they're going to really struggle, they're going to struggle more if you just hold on to it. You know, there's always a process where it might take three or four months to just get through, but eventually when you get through it, you'll wake up one day and it just will all, it'll all click and they'll be like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm back to where I want to be. I'm, I'm actually I'm actually feeling really good. And it's in these moments that they can actually, they can move on. Still acknowledge the past and, and work out whether or not they need to actually improve themselves, but they can start to move on. The longer you hold on to something, the worse it becomes. It's, it's the whole cliche saying of sometimes it's, it is better off, you are better off just ripping off the so-called Band-Aid and, and telling them how, how it is. Having these conversations, sitting down with them and being like, hey, this is where I stand. And yeah, unfortunately, nothing's going to change the way I, I feel about this. And once you become confident doing this going forward, if you, if you do end up coming, going into other relationships, it just becomes so much easier having, this, having these conversations. Or if you feel like, you know, earlier on something pops up that you're not happy with, you, you, you know, bring, bring it to the attention of the other person. And if they're not willing to change, well, that's just a part of them then you have to really consider that. But it's this everlasting effect that will be created if you show the bravery of having the first initial conversation, your first proper relationship. It becomes so much easier. You know, your mates will, your mates will always tell, tell you, what you what they think about the person you're seeing. Your, your family members will, even maybe potential work colleagues. But it always comes down to yourself yourself you know in 10 years time if you listen to a close mate of yours but it was it wasn't the outcome you're after are you going to be happy with that you know it's good to good to listen to advice but at the end of the day it's it's your decision what's going to make you happy in the long run is it a matter of having to to take to, to go part you know part separate ways of the person you're seeing and just be with yourself for a little while and work on yourself because sometimes in a long-term relationship you lose yourself and part of you becomes them. And, you, you know, your whole purpose, or overall purpose is just to be with that significant other and make them happy. But what is your purpose as, as your own individual self? You lose that. You, you sometimes lose that. So it's actually sometimes, you know, with, with, with these situations, there's actually so much self-growth you can attain out of it because, um, as you know, in relationships, you're never going to be with someone that's 99.9% compatible in terms of the same interests as yourself. But more often than not, they have very similar interests and that's what brings you to liking them. But yeah, you find yourself again sometimes. And if you feel like you were not the best person in that relationship, it can give you time to figure out, how can I improve myself? How can I, how can I better myself for, for when I do put myself in a situation where I'm like, you know what, if the right person, if, the, if, the, if I meet the right person, and I want to get into a relationship, I'm ready for it. You know, I know that I can put the right things in place where I'm like, you know, I'm a better person for it. 
how can I better myself? I'm going to go into something that I've, I've, I've used and utilized and I think a lot of people can relate to that have, have done this themselves is volunteering. I cannot stress anymore how, how incredible it is to volunteer. Whatever it is, giving your time up to a, to a charitable organization where they're giving back to the community is so important. You will build yourself 100% and you'll meet, you'll meet like-minded people incredible people with amazing perspectives on life. Now, I used to do a bit of work with Rosies. And for people that don't know what Rosies is, they they go out to, and I'm based in Brisbane, we, we used to meet up at this church in the city and we'd fill up the, we'd fill up these red vans full of food, dry foods and, uh, you know, dry noodles and, and uh, coffee, tea, juice, all that sort of stuff. And we'd go out to parks in the city and we'd, go, we'd, we'd hand out food and you know, give out warm noodles, two-minute needles to, uh, to two-minute noodles to the homeless and give out you know, coffees and teas. And it's with these conversations that you'd, you'd go down and sit with them and, and talk to them where you really build yourself. You know, all these really small things that we worry about in life of far out, I don't actually know what my purpose is. I don't know what my purpose is. What the hell? Well, we've got a, we've, we're so lucky and privileged to have a roof above our heads, to sleep in a really comfortable bed, and to have a family that care for us. You know, these three things, a lot of the people that live on the streets don't have these. You know, and you have, if you've got the basic values, you know, you're set. You, you, you're, so, you're so lucky in life. Money cannot buy these values. I challenge anyone to, to, to think otherwise. It, it, I cannot buy these values. Anyway, but you have these conversations with them and they still have these incredible perspectives and, and, and ways of thinking. Even if they're sleeping under the Goodwill Bridge, even if they're, you know, they're sleeping in the corner of near some cafe because they're, they're waiting for the, you know, the rubbish to be thrown out so they can, they can dig into the off scraps. They still hold on to hope. They still hold on to hope. And this is where you build the self-growth. This is where you realize, wow, wow, I'm so, so lucky. No matter whether or not I've been through a rough relationship, no matter whether or not I went through a, a very strict school and I didn't, I got bullied, no matter what I've been through, I feel so privileged to have what I have and to be in such, a, such an amazing and safe country in Australia. You know, we, we, are, we are so lucky. And for, for other people living internationally, you know, I hope you guys are safe and well. And, you know, my thoughts go out to Ukraine now for, for the situation they're experiencing. You know, let's, let, you know I'm, not, I'm not heavily religious, but let's all pray for, for Ukraine and the families of Ukraine over there. You know, that they're all safe and well and, and that this horrendous and, you know, not unnecessary war between them and Russia does diminish soon. And smiles on the faces of the young little boys and young little girls that are hiding away in fear and, and trembling, not knowing what tomorrow will bring, will be gone. And they'll be happy once again. Let's, let's all hope that for them. And I also do a bit of work with uh, Camp Quality. And Camp Quality is just so, so, so incredible. I reach out to guys. If there's any guys out in Australia that would love to work with kids that have gone through chemo or experiencing some form of cancer still. And you want to go to these camps and get involved in, in activities with these kids just to bring laughter. 
just to let them focus on the present moment, not worry about what they're going through, not worrying about the, the treatment that they might have to you know, attend in two or three weeks' time, just focusing on the now, laughing their heads off. <laughs> kids being kids, kids fighting, burping, annoying the teachers, annoying the companions and volunteers, playing with their foods, putting their fingers in margarine when spreading on the toast and having too much of it. And I'll tell you what, I've seen too much of that. <laughs> but kids being kids. So I reach out and I challenge to everyone listening to this, whether in Australia, whether you're in America, UK, wherever you reside, to consider volunteering somewhere just once, just once this year and see how much within yourself you change and, and how your values may potentially change and how your perspective on life may change positively for the better. The fact that you're getting the reward factor of helping someone else out that needs that help. They may not be crying for it. And sometimes the people that don't cry for it, they need the help the most. So please, please consider doing it. That's all from me, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. Again, I just went over the topic of relatable topics. I think you might be able to gain something out of this. And that's why it's so important. Just having these conversations, seeing what you can gain, different perspectives, and always, always feel free to reach out to me. And you can always check out my content on www.couchandmind.com. And again, Season 3, Episode 25 of Couch in the Mind, Clearing the Mind on Couch to Good Time. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. If you guys enjoyed this episode and you're after more Couch in the Mind content, feel free to check us out on Spotify, Instagram, TikTok, and many other audio platforms. And as always, guys, if you need anything, feel free to message me on the Couch in the Mind Facebook page. Thanks again for tuning in.